Good evening, you are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. Tonight, we are welcoming back once again our friend, game designer David Heron of the Game Design Roundtable podcast. David, welcome back. Oh, great. Thanks. And we also welcome back our friend and semi-regular freelance writer, Rowan Kaiser. Hello. Uh, so the three of us have been playing a game together from time to time. Uh, we've been spending a quite a bit of time playing Heroes of the Storm, the MOBA from Blizzard, that actually breaks with a lot of MOBA conventions we've come to know it through games like League of Legends and Dota 2. But the real impetus for this conversation, I think, is a discussion that uh, David and I had a few weeks ago at PAX East, as David began to hold forth, as he is wont to do, about why Heroes of the Storm is not quite the casual uh, MOBA for everyone that it sort of presents itself as, and certainly that I've begun, begun treating it as. Uh, when I look at it, I think it's the fun, casual, light MOBA for people who don't want to play a game like it's their job. But David, you didn't quite, you feel that there's a veneer of casualness over this game that the design itself perhaps belies. And I'm curious to hear a little bit about that. Uh, I mean, uh, you put a couple of cocktails into me and I'll, talk about anything for a couple of hours and um uh, we sat down at a, at a hotel and and i said i'm playing heroes of the storm and you and you looked at me and you said oh great let's sit down and listen to dave tell us why the games we love are terrible and i said no 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 i've put like 500 games into this thing i'm really enjoying it and i and i and i do i really like it uh MOBAs to me, I started back in uh, when they were mods. It was a it was a thing that you know, not having that many um, computer games at the, at the time, but having access to the internet, like playing uh, the original uh, Defense of the Ancients was a was a was sort of a, a way to extend that. Um, I later sort of kept kept up with it, and I have tried Ha, and I tried that's Heroes of New Earth, and I and I tried a bunch and. League of Legends and Dota have been sort of not impenetrable to me, but frankly, I just don't have the 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 time and effort to put into it. And so when I got into the 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 beta for or the alpha actually for Heroes of the Storm, I had all I'd heard was this is the the casual MOBA. This is the one that that people are going to play. And I thought, great, this is a place, this is a space where I can go. And I can be better than most people, and I can and I can be dominant, and I can feel good about myself. And they made some big, high-level decisions mm -hmm. to distinguish it from other MOBAs that theoretically, and they certainly sound like they would make this really casual-friendly. Yeah, and and at, and at first, so a uh, number of the things uh, they said we're not going to have individual levels. And I'm thinking, that's brilliant. I'm not going to be the person that's getting yelled at for feeding. That's that's great. And we're getting rid of items. And I'm thinking, that's brilliant because... Um, you don't I'm, have to study. I don't have to study. Uh, and we're going to have a bunch of different maps with with uh, with different objectives. And I'm like, oh, that's great. It's, it's not going to be super stale. They'll constantly be cycling these in. Uh, I'm all for a little imbalance. So... This will be great. It'll sort of keep it fresh and maybe different maps will sort of make different characters viable and it will be a, a, a more um, fluid meta, meta games. After a couple of hundred games in, I started maybe seeing little cracks in these things. And so uh, 
And I think what's interesting is I think some of the focuses, some of these features, the things that I think make it people think it more, it's going to be more of a team focused game are actually the thing that's going to keep it from uh, reaching a wider audience. Um, or, or I should say a wider audience than League of Legends. Uh, Dota 2, I guess we can sort of talk about that, but um, you know, if we're just looking at the numbers, I really want to compare it versus League of Legends, just because League of Legends has like seven and a half to eight million unique users a day, whereas uh, Dota 2 has like I think seven or eight hundred thousand. So you know, it's is a just complete apples and oranges. League of Legends is League of Legends. Um, so I think the first one, the first thing I wanted to talk about was um, the notion that. Uh, in a shooter world or in games, that the attraction to a team-based game has always been there. I think I love Battlefield. Before that, I played a lot of Wolfenstein Enemy Territory, the Rainbow Six games. But the problem with them is always, if you aren't playing with a team, you're not going to win. And that's why Call of Duty, I think, does really, really well. You can run and gun. All you really care about is your kill death ratio or maybe you want the most kills you want to get those kill streaks up so you can get the helicopter and i think league of legends is kind of the same everyone wants to be that carry everyone wants to be the ad carry they want to save the team and i think in many ways that sort of facilitates uh really good players pulling each other up or pulling up a bad team and here's the storm however that bad player or that the suboptimal player I think on the very first level um, can actually pull the whole team down. And so the game I think has been balanced such that if five people are working in concert, they'll most likely just roll over some, some team that's only four fifths or three and a half you know, out of five are actually participating in the game. And so as I've been playing, my experience has been I, when I'm playing by myself, the games I win usually aren't fun because I'm steamrolling the team. And the games that I lose usually aren't fun uh, because, you know, one or two members of my team doesn't really know what's going on and we just get steamrolled. The highs are high, but the lows are low. Yeah, but... Well, I, I think I, I think the highs are high, the lows are low. I, I think that is a that that's a problem common to just about any multiplayer focused game, right? This is the thing they all like in various ways try to address because it is the nature of competition, uh, online competition to to make it so that you know there is nothing better that you know than than winning a really good competitive match mm -hmm. uh but being on the losing end unless you're like losing a close one doesn't feel so bad necessarily like right. it's frustrating but like just getting blown out always sucks and that is what tends to happen uh so, sort of in that space but i am interested to hear you say that Okay, so it sounds to me like they ended up creating a different problem than the one they were trying to solve with League of Legends. So, like, Blizzard right. are looking at a game like League of Legends. They're trying to diagnose, why is this thing a little inaccessible, off-putting? Why is it toxic? And the, the answer they come upon is the players that don't do well are feeding the other team, and they aren't leveling their own characters, so they become a weaker and weaker link by comparison. Right. But what they ended up doing is they actually eliminated the ability of your hyper carry to right. just like go full terminator 
and bring the entire team up and win the game. We've all had games like that in League of Legends where it's just like so- somebody or two players just decide, I'm going to win this entire thing by myself, which is kind of awesome to see. Right, right. And and, and yes, that, you're, you're, you're putting it in a great way. And, and I think sort of mechanically um, in League of Legends, I think that works because um, your actual proficiency in the game matters in terms of getting experience in gold. So that's sort of, well, legal, Dota last hitting, but League of Legends, it really has to do with like what lane you're you're in. And, um, well, and I guess last hitting is, well, is denying. Well, last Den- hitting, denying both. is more of a thing in Dota. Dota. Last um, hitting is, is critical in all the games. It, although after a certain point, more and more League of Legends seems to be more and more about objectives uh, right, than it right. used to be. Uh, especially about, in, in team games. Yeah, it's about get, getting Dragon and Baron. And, uh, and the and towers. A, and the towers. So we, we should mention specifically that Heroes of the Storm doesn't have last hitting. Yeah. And um, as someone who has bounced off every one of these games that I've tried, in large part because that's like, okay, this is a Warcraft 3 mod thing that I don't see any reason for it to continue to exist. Yeah. I think it's great not to have to worry about that. Yeah, and, and, I think, and I think that sort of matters. And so what's really important in Heroes of the Storm, this sort of the trade-off is, is positioning. And because... There isn't the um, there isn't the skill involved in harvesting gold and in, in experience with last hitting. Uh, a person can ca- very casually sit in a lane and gain the experience. Um, it's very hard to poke someone off of learning. It's you can poke someone off of actually like attacking creatures and doing damage, and you're going to lose lane, but your your team isn't going to lose um, experience points. So the problem with that is, or, or that sounds great. It means that everyone can just sort of move up. The problem is, is that it is balanced on such this razor uh, thin line that if you aren't soaking all the lanes, um, you're gonna you're gonna fall far behind. And well, why wouldn't you soak other lanes? And and well, there's a couple of different things. People still like killing heroes. Unfortunately, in Heroes of the Storm, before level 10, killing heroes isn't that big of a deal. You're much better off just soaking experience points. And in fact, I think it's like uh, a wave is worth a kill and a half at the first level or something like that. So roaming very early on, which uh, because of their class structure, I think some new players or some you know players that just want to have fun or want to do. Well, so, for instance, so- the fact that... You guys both started wailing the other day when we were playing with a Nova character, the, the mm-hmm. ghost uh, mm-hmm. from from Starcraft, who is sort of the assassin of assassins. She's stealthy. She strikes from the shadows. Uh, and we were trying to assign lanes and the character, the person playing her was like, no, Nova's going to roam. And at that point, you both seemed to resign yourselves to what was about to happen. Right. Well, and, and- I... I was I I'm pro good Nova, so I was sort mm-hmm. of defending the idea, but that Nova ended up not being good Nova. Right, and I and I and I think that 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 distinction of the good Nova and the bad Nova is is important, and that's uh, I think that the positioning, um, understanding where you need to be, when you need to rotate, when you need to push. Um, when is it better to have a lane come closer to your towers? When do you want to uh, push and, and how do you want to empty the ammo out of the towers? Those things aren't on the surface level. And in some maps, they're different than others. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole other level that actually exists 
on the other um on sort of like beyond the event horizon of of actually understanding what what the game is and so i think there's a lot of things in the game that reinforce what's actually suboptimal play so a big example could be something like uh the 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 camp so in uh, heroes of the storm there are um, mercenaries these are sort of uh, npc camps and they spawn somewhere around the two minute mark on most maps um, and if you attack them you can uh, then capture a node point you get some experience but more importantly they'll join your 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 side and they'll they'll come fight with you and when you do the tutorial they they sort of they talk about how important it is and this was sort of i think part of their uh, the the team's sort of repetitive it's this game is about objectives this game is about objectives this game is about map control this game isn't about kills this game is about camp the problem is is that there's a right and a wrong time to take those camps a wrong time is very early on in the game when your dps is so low that you um it takes you so long to defeat the npcs you're not going to die but it has taken you out of the lane and you've just lost all that experience um so like that like that's just like a very very like simple that's like the first simple nuance thing that um people don't understand um and it's something as simple as that can can trigger this domino effect um and that sort of i think brings uh the point to the lack of items so uh adventure of the ancients and league of legend both have these sort of complicated uh, item scenario. So you last hit creatures and you kill uh, enemy heroes to get gold. There are different stores along the maps. You can buy items and they improve your abilities or they improve your uh, stats and they can give you new abilities um, that sort of break the game. Uh, and then there's some pretty complicated recipes. So they sort of build into each other. And I think in, in large part when uh, uh, the whole first 20 minutes of a, of a LOL game, a League of Legends game, is about the farming of gold, making sure your carries get a lot of gold so that they can buy the expensive items, and that's sort of what causes the snowball effect. Um, in Heroes of the Storm, that's been removed. Thank God, it's boring. I just don't want to have anything to do with it. And they've replaced it with this talent system. So yeah. I think I think players of World of Warcraft will, will be familiar. And a talent is that at, at, at specified levels, at, at, at 3, at 6, at 10, at uh, 14, 16, 20, and you get to pick a talent. And those will make, uh, there's four, you pick from four, and that will make one of your abilities a little bit different. So you can, be a, you can have a character that uh, throws a fireball and does a heal. And at level one, you can pick a talent that makes that fireball do a little bit more damage over time, or you could... Um, pick uh, a talent that lets you uh, it re refunds your mana if you cast it on a minion, and so you make that choice, and that's how you start like tailoring your um, your character. Sounds simple, sounds great, and here's the rub. So that that mistake there of that first mistake of I've now put my team I'm at a position and my my team has gotten ahead in a League of Legends game when you feed someone. It is a loss of a little bit of experience from one-fifth of your team, and one-fifth of the opponent's team gets a little bit stronger. So that kind of sucks because it's sort of like you, you lose a little bit, and that's how like one character can get more, more uh, expensive or more powerful. Mm -hmm. In Heroes of the Storm, 
when you get that power disparity, so the really important one is level 9 to level 10. Level 10 is when you get your ultimate abilities. If you've played suboptimally or a single member of your team has played suboptimally and assuming the opposing team has played optimally, they hit their level 10. Maybe one fight earlier than you. And now you're not looking at one really powerful character that's above the curve. You're facing down five because all five heroes just got their, their ultimate. And so it makes maps like uh, Sky Temple really, really important. Sky Temple is a game where, is a map where uh, periodically over the course of the game, you have to uh, converge on these uh, capture points. And if you can hold the capture points, those capture points will automatically shoot lasers into your opponent's fortifications. And the first time it happens, it happens around uh, two and a half minutes. And there's two of them and that pops up. And around four minutes and 20 seconds, the third one happens. And at four minutes and 20 seconds, if you're playing optimally, you can hit level 10. And what happens is, is that if you are playing suboptimally, you're level 9 and they're level 10. And when that third temple pops up, you're now, there's this Herculean task of how do you win a team fight against a team that has that much more power than you? And it becomes a problem. And Sky, Sky Temple is one of the shortest maps because of it in terms of average, average length. And it's a really steamrolling. So what I'm not actually... Where I take issue with, with your description of the problems <laughs> is that it sounds to me like this is a game that ha that like like all MOBAs eventually it has to be understood. There's there players have to know what they are doing, and that might make it a little bit less approachable than it sometimes promised to be. You know, where you can just sit down and, <laughs> and play play a MOBA, but a lot of these things are 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 places that players will sort of be educated out of making certain mistakes. They will yep. figure out what powers on the ability tree are more useful. Now we can argue whether or not perhaps some of the characters have uh, too few viable builds, mm -hmm. but part of games like this is people sort of experimenting with odd builds, seeing, you know, what ways they can interact with other characters and what emerges from that. Uh, there are tactical issues, right? Where, mm -hmm. okay, so they've hit level 10. Yeah. There's, you can't take that third capture point. So what you try to do if you're behind, right. And you know, we've ended up doing mm -hmm. it is you just try to ride out the storm and yeah. you, yep. you just try to hold on to level 10. Hopefully they can, you can bait them into attack. They blow their ultimates and then you mm -hmm. get the hell out without losing too much ground. And then the game's back on the even keel. Um, it's like a power play. Right. So, so I don't, I, I don't want you. So let's go back. And you said the problems you are describing, and I want to make sure that that I'm that I'm clear. These aren't problems. These okay. are the realities. These are the games. These are the. This is the game, and I think it's fun. What the premise is is that I don't believe it is going to be any more casual than League of Legends. That it, that when I started playing Heroes of the Storm, I thought this is going to be the baby game. This is going to not the baby game. This is going to be the one that I can sort of casually slide into. But instead, what it was is it's become this thing that now it's maybe less about um, hero one on one hero duels or understanding the meta of 100 characters or memorizing um, recipe lanes. But what I found myself is becoming super obsessed and 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 knowing that on that sky temple that, you know, that that third camp or the third objective, it spawns at four minutes and 20 seconds. So it means that 
when you have the opportunity at three minutes to take the hard camp, the, the bruisers, what you wanna do is you wanna kill the bruisers, but then not cap the point. You wanna leave it uncaptured. And then at around four minutes and 10 seconds, you want to capture it. And the reason why you want to do that is so that when that while the enemy is at the bottom of the map, at the top of the map, you have these mercenaries going crazy. And even before that, that's why you want to take the middle line, the middle first objective and not the top one. And so I've just become this like weird obsessed person about map dynamics now and about, about timers. And I love it, but that's not gonna, that's not gonna, get more than 7 million people playing at peak hours. It like if League of Legends has similar things, they have their own meta game where you have to worry about all those dynamics of all those characters, then clearly you can have a complicated meta game and get that many people. It's a matter of which one seems to be more interesting and the massive advantage that League of Legends already has and I mean that's stuff that we can't really entirely predict. Well, no because I I think we can. I think we I think I think we we look to other genres. So I think we look at the difference between Call of Duty and Battlefield and what Wolfenstein enemy territory and and Rainbow Six and we we look at things where players behaviors and desires of of the mass market which is uh, kill or be killed be killed we see that with um, it's one of the reasons why League of Legends is so important it's one of the reasons why League of Legends is so toxic because that behavior of trying to chase people down and feeding is is directly connected to the game mechanics of winning and losing but you also see it in Heroes of the Storm. When you're first playing, some of the biggest problems that you see of new players are they, they just want to chase after those kills, even though the game isn't reinforcing it, right? It's that I think that a game that is fundamentally about kill-death ratio and your ability as an as a individual to excel, like League of Legends, will always appeal to a mass market more so than a game that is about team coordination and map control or understanding timers or understanding the interest in the in sort of intricities of like a specific map mm. like knowing like knowing that the damage okay. on a on a bone golem taps out at 60 skulls like okay. that's an that's like this like weird important intrinsic thing and i think that that is a lot that is a lot less um appealing than Understanding that these two items combo together to create a stun lock and then being able to, to manage like really, you know, complicated cooldowns or something like that. I mean, I think this this depends in part on the people and it depends in part on how it gets people into the game. And when, it, when I like when I have tried to play these Lords Management games and I bounced off of them because of the item nonsense and the last kill stuff that makes no sense to me, like I don't want to continue trying to play. Whereas with Heroes of the Storm, I started, I wanted to continue to play, and now I'm, you know, I'm just past the point of figuring out how important it is to be able to take out mercenaries on your own and into the part of, like, getting the intricacies of each map down better. And, like, I feel like that's a much more appealing introduction um, than, okay, just take all these item builds. There's complexity here, but you... Uh, you should just do the default for a while and then you need to do these exact things and people will yell at you if you get it wrong and um, I don't think Heroes of the Storm is built so that the the initial learning part is 
as problematic and maybe that leads to different problems down the way but i mean i'm not i'm not super invested in whether this reaches yeah um, league of legends popularity like as long as i'm enjoying playing it and it actually has people who are playing it um then i think that's probably okay and blizzard is reasonably good at supporting their games so this is this is i think you're i think at an inflection point so I think you've you've hit a tipping point. You've mastered some things. You're starting to see the matrix for what it is. And now the question is to continue that evolution, to continue to, to feel more mastery and to continue to have more fun and progress. Can you do that by yourself? Or now do you need a team of, of people to play with? And, and I think that's the big, that's going to be the rub. And I'll, it will, I'll be interested to know if in, if in three or four months where, where you're still, still standing at. Because now 500 games in, I'm sort of bouncing into this problem of I, it's very hard for me to find a good game. Well, isn't this the issue with the entire genre, though? Like, this is what I see people complaining yes. about on Twitter all the time is that they, whenever they try to play in individual games of League of Legends or whatever, they have a horrible time. But as well, soon as they get a team and some stakes, League, then they have a blast. League of Legends has has a unique problem in that solo queue is this kind of is an experience that if you design something to drive people batshit insane, you couldn't do a better job. <laughs> uh, because solo queue ha- has a number of issues where as you rise, the standards for play, like like any sort of ladder system, the standards for people playing their role continue to increase. If you manage to luck out in solo queue and you have a really good jungler, a really good uh, you know carry, a really good mid laner, really really good top, then th- yeah, things things will probably work out. You'll probably have a good game. But what you run into in solo queue is that the odds of a complementary group of players winding up in the same game mm-hmm. become vanishingly small as you rise. And the pregame picks turn into this, um, <laughs> it, 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 like a hostage standoff, right? right. It's, it's yep. like it's like Reservoir Dogs. Every time you're you're trying to pick a pick a character, you know, some someone's saying, "Well, I really like you know, I can I can be I can be a carry, but I can be a carry or a jungler, but I can't really do anything else." And then someone else who also has the same, who also can't do anything else, will be like, "You suck." I'm going to take whatever I want and you can learn to play. Uh, so th- that's, that's, that's the issue that the league of legends has, which is that right. everything sort of funnels you into this, this, this ladder system where eventually to progress, uh, you, you do need a good team. It's just, the game gives you absolutely no, no equipment with which to form that team. But, and I would argue that in League of Legends, because I'm not a great League of Legends player by any stretch of the imagination, but I have won games of League of Legends with my friends because I have friends that are really good and they can dominate. And what I'm suggesting is um, it has been my experience that um, in Heroes of the Storm, it's very hard to play outside your skill level. 
The matchmaking has a hard time of, of, of making that work. And the game mechanically, because of the, the objective nature, because of map control, because of shared experience and the, the, the focus on strategy as opposed to moment-to-moment -moment tactics, it makes it very difficult to do. I, you know, I, I get it. I, I, I do. But I'm not actually sure that it becomes that much less approachable. I think it just has, you know what I mean? They like, I think this is a genre that tends to end up at a sort of inaccessibility by various roads, because eventually this is a thing about all the pieces coming together, people knowing their roles, knowing their positioning. Now what League of Legends has going for it is really their two maps. There's the five on five and the three on three that people play a lot. And that's a lot easier to manage. I get that this one has some this one this one perhaps gives gives teams too many balls to keep juggling, right? Because you have to know all the different maps dynamics. Yes. And, and then you and, need to know how to make your team composition work with those dynamics. With those dynamics. On so, the fly with a bunch of strangers. Again, I, I want to make sure I'm not saying I'm not saying Heroes of the Storm is harder to get into. No. What I'm suggesting is, is that it has been sold as this is the easier game. This is the this is the one that is right. going to be casual friendly. And that there are certain mechanics, namely shared experience. When you listen to other podcasts and when you read about this game, the the talking points, the marketing talking points that get fed back to the audience is shared experience. Everyone's the same level, so no one no one feels that they're dragging the team down. And objective match, not it's not about kills. Those two things are precisely the the that's where the actual complexity in the game is, and that those two things aren't making it easier. That it's sort of maintaining this level, and that it's not it's not easier or harder. It's just it the focus is on a well, different thing. I think so. Here's the thing. I'm going to say that I think the game kind of does what it says on the tin, because we have Rowan here. Rowan, you're Rowan. You're my example. You're 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 going to be in, in, for I the mean, purpose of this conversation. This, you're my minority right. friend. This is <laughs> this is what I wanted to do with this game because I've never gotten into this genre before. I like Blizzard games, and I heard that this one was slightly more casual friendly than my Dota experiences. And I, so yeah, I, I'm I am pleased to be your minority friend here. Yeah, but but in all seriousness, I I think here here's the thing. Dota is renowned. For making you feel like absolute garbage when <laughs> you start playing. And League of Legends actually isn't that much better. Once you get outside the bot matches, and actually even within the the more difficult bot matches, uh, you will still get you you'll still get trolled and flamed. Because I think that community is sort of on a hair trigger. All these all these communities are a bit on a hair trigger to sort of turn on uh whoever's not not picking up the role, who who's who's ever feeding. So I think these games have a, an, a sort of an onboarding problem, let's say, because they are kind of renowned for being hostile to new players. And getting into Heroes of the Storm, I think the experience has been quite different for me as well. Um, and I am starting to see what you're talking about. Like, I'm starting to hit that point where the frustration starts to creep in because it's clear the team composition and the way people are playing it is just not going it, it the team does not understand the map they're not executing any of the things they need to do to work to to succeed but 
long before that point, there was mm-hmm. a long period where, oh, this is fun. This yeah. is this this is so breezy and effortless, and there is nothing here telling me I'm bad. There's not a creep <laughs> score where I'm like, uh, you know, where in League of Legends, I think it's you. You should really be, uh, getting like I think I think it's like ten creep, ten ten CS a minute if you're if you're if you're competent. Um, and once you've internalized that value, if you find yourself not doing it, you're immediately like, oh my god, I'm falling behind. I'm garbage. I'm crap. Here, there's just so many things that tell you, like, good job, way to go. It's like it's like God of War, right? Where it's just like you're sort of mashing buttons and like shit's exploding, and it it feels really good. Uh, so I I I think this this game, it's it's gonna what, what interests me, and and this I think something I think we we can't answer at all because it's one of those things that will only start to become clear once the game's out there in the wild. Mm-hmm. The MOBA audience, it, it, it's something that, that Michael Zenke, uh, a, a designer we're, we're, we're friends with, who, who's done a lot of work on MOBAs, uh, once he and I were, were, were driving back from a rabbit con, and he was talking about uh, his fears about the MMO genre, and this was years ago, but he would bring up to people at meetings, you know, you're all trying to figure out how to build the next World of Warcraft, but has it occurred to you that maybe there is no giant MMO genre. Maybe there's just one giant game. And I kind of wonder in a different way, there's a lot of similarities between like that, that defense of the ancients DNA is very strong between Dota and League of Legends. The differences are important, but the people who tend to play a lot of uh, MOBAs, tend to like these sort of really difficult uh, high skill ceiling, the things that make them a little bit inaccessible, the people that play them, I think, tend to like, and they've been enormously important. What's interesting to me is that Blizzard's strategy here almost seems to be we're going to make a MOBA for people who don't like MOBAs. And I don't know how that's going to work out because, may, like, I'm sure there are people you can win over that way. But I'm curious whether will be whether there will be, will be all that many of them compared to the number of people who just like and play mobas. You know what I mean? Like, I I kind of wonder are there a ton of people like me and Rowan out there who like the idea of 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 mobas, but just end up being chased off because that that introductory experience is so crummy uh, that it doesn't seem worth sticking around. Um, one thing I want to mention here that uh, I remember there was a, a talk at GDC where um, Jane McArnicle was talking about like how to make player communities better as just as some random thing. And I don't know if you've ever seen her speak, but she just drops study after study on you and tries to create them into a coherent whole. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But one of the most interesting ones she said was if you want people to generally get along with one another in competitive games, you want randomness. So, like, in Mario Kart, you don't yell at the person who got the blue shell, you yell at the idea of the blue shell, and these games don't have anything like that. It's all about you Mm -hmm. and the timing and exactly that. So I think there's sort of an inherent issue of... But I saw you arguing with Richard. I saw you arguing with Rich Stanton on Twitter the other day, Rowan, saying the game comes damn close to throwing blue shells in there. And I'm kind of curious what you meant it's, by that. 
Um, that's a that's sort of a different conversation. But yeah, there's there's comebacks. Comebacks are very possible in this game, and this goes to sort of let's step back a bit and go with my my sort of experience playing was this game as you said is a lot more friendly immediately like i wasn't getting yelled at immediately like there was one game where someone was on my first day i was playing or the first time i was playing in a a game against other people someone on my team was like oh my god is this your first game and i was like it's my first day and someone else on my team was yeah first game and then everything was nice and it was great it's like okay well then i'll help you um but then slowly, as I got further into it and started doing the Hero League, which is comparable to the solo queue, I guess, yeah. um, I started running into people who would, like, five minutes in, something would go wrong. They'd say, good game, and shut down. And, like, like they've never had a comeback in this game at all when there are various things, including playing smarter on the map, getting to know who your teammates are, and working with them in a group, as opposed to, like, needing to just be an individual who happens to be really good. And um, the way the experience works, I don't know if this is comparable to how uh, Dota or whatever works, but you get... you get relatively a much bigger boost if you're behind in level if you kill an enemy hero than if you're ahead and you kill an enemy hero. So if you are like, if the levels are at like 15, 13, and your team is the 13 and you take out two enemy heroes and they take out one of yours, you've had a decent little fight, you've knocked them out, and you might have gone up a whole level while they've gone up like a third of a level. So the comeback is very, very possible, but I start seeing people... When I get into the more competitive games, who immediately just shut down and ruin it for everyone. And so that's kind of what I was arguing. I was yeah. agreeing with him, actually. Um, Bridge Stanner was saying that, you know, these people were acting like, you know, they, they're just saying good game immediately. And it's ridiculous in a game that's kind of built on a sort of team dynamic that you can learn yeah. on the fly. I think it's very hard to learn on the, on, on the on the fly, and it's really hard to get past what I think is it. That's that, that's. I don't think it's going to change. There is there is you know people are gonna are, are gonna are gonna give up, and that's 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 the sort of the the tipping point where it's like I don't know if I can play Hero League without queuing up with at least three people that are that are you know as good as me hopefully better um that we've played together a bunch that when we do you know when we get cursed when we when we when we get cursed um that it's okay that that when when there's um you know when we lose a team fight and only one person gets away that that person knows you know it's all right i'll just go soak i'll i'll go do something else i'll help I'll help push this back and we can recover because we know that at, you know, uh, when we get our you know level 16 talents, then, you know, our Illidan is going to kick in and, and we're going to be able to, to come back. And oh, I hate Illidan. Win, right? Or, <laughs> or that, you know, we know that, you know, that first dragon knight doesn't really matter. It's pretty weak. It's cool. As long as we get, you know, we get the one that's at, uh, we get the 15 minute dragon knight. We're good, so we really got to make sure that we're focusing on that. And it's going to be hard, but we can pull together, and you can totally do it. It's just rough, yeah. Um, uh, and and so uh, you know, it, it's going to be fun. I can't wait till it goes live and we get a we get a bigger pool. Um, let's talk about what we love about the game. <laughs> yeah. 
I think we're sort of doing this backwards, but yeah, maybe maybe, maybe we are. So you've been playing. You're you're at like level forty. You've yeah. you've come all out. Who are you like and playing? Um, my two main characters I've been playing are Kerrigan and Brightwing. And uh, Brightwing is a sort of support hero character who can teleport around the map, does a little bit of damage, but mo- and mostly has like defensive skills. She can uh, speed up heroes and give them little automatic blocks to kind of keep them alive in the middle of fights. And she can also polymorph enemies, which is really great for turning a team fight on its head. And she automatically heals every thirty seconds. And if you pick a skill, you can every time she uses an ability as well. And uh, so she's a really great character for just kind of trolling enemies um she just sits around in the back of fights and makes you win them um she's very expensive but she'd be a great like early player to give heroes but uh and then kerrigan is a kind of the total opposite she's a melee assassin who hops around and pulls enemies into the right spots and um the way i usually build her is to do mass damage which can uh take out mercenary camps really quickly and um, do a lot of damage in the middle of team fights um and uh i surprised to like her as much as i do is it's not the sort of character that i usually play at all but um i like the idea of just kind of being the person who will stop the enemies from getting away she's kind of a hunt down character and uh uh, just sort of using the skills that she has to stop and chase and pull back enemies in order to uh, in order to like guide them into the wrong places. My third character is probably Diablo, and he also has skills like that. So I think I I, I like forcing people into into different positions, which is super important in this game. So that's good. Yeah, it's it's you know one of the most important things I would I would. I would say uh, Kerrigan is 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 the one character I think I'm least familiar with. I, I tend tend to shy away from melee melee uh, uh, characters uh, that don't have good escapes, and she doesn't have a really good way of getting out if you're in trouble. Um, so uh, I she, she has the lot. she has the impaling spikes, which is a skill that. Uh, halts an enemy who gets caught in them so oh, right. if she's running and there's someone behind them you cast it basically where you are then it's it's decent it, there are a lot better skills like that but no she's definitely a, a turn the tide and hope you win not a mm-hmm. not a not a character who's got a whole lot of survivability um i've the other melee assassin characters that i've played like thrall and uh, i forget the other one i haven't liked them at all but i like her a lot who have you been playing rob uh, so I've not played that many characters, and I've sort of, because I hate getting yelled at and feeling useless, I've tended to stick to my comfort zone. So, like, you know, the game sort of puts you on board with Rainer really early, and uh, I tend to actually do really well with Rainer, honestly. Like, just a, like a lot of his abilities completely like suit the type of player I am. Um, and it's really hard to mess up his alt. Like you really just have to like, well, this situation's going bad. Need to call in the Hyperion, or hey, this is a huge fight going on. This is a good place for these. I haven't used the the banshees, uh, the, the banshees as much. Um, but yeah, so a fair bit of Rainer. Uh, I was starting to get into Vala a little more, especially after you uh, you you taught me the all multi shot all the time build, uh, which is pretty cheesy and pretty cool. 
uh, perhaps dirtily cheesy though. Um, and then almost by necessity, I've started playing uh, Lily just because I am so sick of ending up in games where there are no supports whatsoever. And the other team has a support. And so they're just sustaining so much better. And the team inevitably starts turning on each other because ultimately nobody can actually survive out there. I, I would also note that Rainer is the character that I kind of got into the game with. I think he's a very good first character to to focus on. Um, and he comes in, there's a there's like a get three heroes and a mount for $4 pack that uh, makes it fairly easy to, to grab him quickly. Yeah, uh, he's good. He has a skill shop, but one of his abilities auto triggers. So, and uh, and yeah, his his alts are, are pretty great. Um, I would suggest Rob, if you get a, you get a chance to Rygar. So that's great in, for the for the healer. I think it's he's a lot more interesting. I think one of the great things about this game is um, Blizzard is seemingly not afraid to break some like fundamental rules. Rygar maybe isn't that big of a break, but one thing that he does really cool is, um, so unlike the uh, the other two uh, MOBAs we've been talking about, um, in uh, Heroes of the Storm, most characters have a mount, or they have some way of moving around the the map uh a little a little faster it's a brilliant free-to-play monetization method so you know I'm, I'm, but but yeah. it also is like an yeah. integral part of the, of the game right the mounts are like 20 bucks yeah i know and and boy are they gonna sell great um when you get if you're on your mount you get move faster and if you get hit you fall off and so this is the big part. Rygar can instantly turn into wolf form, and if he's attacked, he still stays in wolf form. It doesn't move quite as fast, but it moves pretty much as fast. And you can um, it can improve your healing and your mana regeneration and do more damage when you attack. Um, so I think like in terms of support, he's a lot of fun to play, um, and he has this really cool stuff. Um, I think there's there's a couple of other really great examples of interesting things that they do. Um, Lost, Lost Vikings. Vikings is is I think super interesting. Um, Lost Vikings is a is a very old uh, Blizzard game where um, you took control. It was a it was sort of a puzzle platformy thing where each uh, you played three Vikings simultaneously. Each one had like a special power. One could push blocks. One could I think jump really high. One had a shield that you could stand on. Or I, I don't quite remember. But in in Lost Vikings, the the player controls three characters at once. So by pressing one, two, and three, you can move and control each of the three Vikings individually. Um, so a really skillful Lost Viking player who has all those micromanagement skills can actually simultaneously, uh, you know, be in three places at once. And then for a game that's so much about soak and about manic about about map control, they're actually if a skilled Lost Viking player, they're really powerful because you can you can you can sort of you know push all four right off the bat, all four people on one on one lane and not lose that experience game. And that so they're really interesting. Or someone who I've been playing a little bit is Avatar. And Avatar is also this really interesting character where um, in his you know his lord form he is terrible. He's got these little Tyrannosaurus Rex arms that he can't really attack. He moves really slowly. He doesn't have a mount. He has next to no hit points and does next to no damage. Why would you want to play this character? Well, he's sort of like playing a little RTS in your 
MOBA game. And so every once in a while he spawns a little locust and you can and they'll they'll push with your lane and they're actually pretty powerful. Um, he can lay mines. You can take a talent that lets you lay mines anywhere on the map. Those mines give you a little bit of vision, but they also do damage. And more importantly, is he can put his little symbiont on top of one of the other heroes or a minion. And you have a bunch of uh, triggered abilities that, that go off of that. So you basically are piggybacking on all the other characters. Um, he's a hard character to play. It really goes against that like objective-based thing. So you get a lot of flack if you play him poorly. Um, but he's a lot of fun. And I think just like a testament to sort of how outside the box Blizzard's willing to get. Yeah, he's, he's also really interesting to play against because no, most of the time, like the sort of visual language of the game says, all right, there's three of us, there are two of them, let's go take him out. But one of them ends up in Abathur and all of a sudden you're running away even though you out, supposedly outnumbered the enemy. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's always sort of a test to have him. Another interesting character is Murky. He's mm -hmm. a little murloc who he'll lay an egg on the screen or on the map somewhere. And when he dies, as long as that egg is safe, he respawns immediately out of the egg. So he's really weak in terms of hit points. He can knock him out quickly, but then he'll just pop right back into the middle of the fight. So in, in general, what do you think about the, the hero pool? Now, you know, I think um, it's really accessible because it's still in, it's still in beta and when i look at league of legends um rob and i on the weekend watched some uh the 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 spring uh, league of legends tournament and um there was one team in particular that is really known for using sort of outside the box outside the meta uh, sort of comps and not only do we have no idea but some of the broadcasters were like, well, I've no, I don't really know what that character does. I think it's like this other character. So I'm going to talk about it as if it was. Um, what do you think about the current sort of range of characters? And uh, I, you think, know? Yeah. I think it could use a little bit more robustness. Like Blizzard has, um, it's barely scratched like the Warcraft 3 and World of Warcraft, some of the World of Warcraft heroes. Like, uh, um, I love my World of Warcraft was play was at its peak during the Burning Crusade, which is like directly comes from Warcraft Three Frozen Throne, and almost no one from that is in there, like the Kale and Vosh and uh, the Draenei guy who I forgot his name, Akama, yeah, and then like the so like there's no one from there, so there's there's plenty of room for Blizzard to expand. Um, I feel like. There are a few too many cases where there are, like, only two heroes who kind of do what I want to do. Um, like, the uh, the ranged assassin, every game in Hero League, someone takes Vala. And I'm sure it's partially that Vala is not that bad, but it's also that Vala is the cheapest ranged assassin, and that's, like, the thing that everyone wants to play. Um, so there's always a Vala, and that gets kind of boring. Um, and, like... Uh, I want to play more tanks, but I haven't really clicked with a tank entirely. Um, it's just... I ha I don't have Stitches yet, who's the one who always messes me up, so... <laughs> uh, but it, it just feels like they could use, like, one more character in each, in each sort of um, meta combination to, to, like, really have it be very robust. But in general, I like that... I, you know, I, I like Blizzard games. I've played all of these games now, I think. And, uh, well, I've never played The Lost Vikings, but um, 
and I like that they have little conversations with one another at the start, and it takes advantage of that the mythos in that way. Uh, and the builds seem to be. I haven't like gone and read like too many um, um, guides to the builds, but they seem to go down. You can kind of figure it out and go down your own path relatively easily without being embarrassed. Like I don't know if my Kerrigan is a is a good build. I don't know if it's a common one or whatever, but it works really well for me. Um, so I'm I'm happy with it, and that that seems like it's a good thing to have in the game. So that's an interesting point you raised about the cost of the heroes as well. Because yeah. that's something too. It's true. As I've been playing, I have seen so little variety compared to how many heroes are actually in the game. Like, it feels like a smaller game than it actually is. And that is because most people do not want to spend $10 on a hero. And so the heroes that they're pushing really aggressively, they're like, here's here's the new hero. This is going to be great. You'll love her. Oh, she's $10. So you'll see her during the free rotation. And then she might as well not be in the game. Uh, I think Sylvanas has this problem right now. I barely ever see a Sylvanas. Um, <laughs> it was all Sylvanas when she came out. Pardon? When she came out, it was all Sylvanas. Yeah, but the last few days I've been playing, I just I don't yeah. I don't see her much. I don't see a lot. I see I see the 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 inexpensive characters over and over. And when I look at my hero rotation, I am playing the inexpensive inexpensive characters over and over and over again. Uh, and so that that's an interesting example of like their monetization strategy making the game maybe a trifle less interesting and uh, various as it could be. I'll tell you what I what really interests me here, and. I've sort of been thinking what we were talking about earlier about difficulty and skill. And I think one of the things I really enjoy here is that all the maps do have these different, they have a different geography, they have a different flow, they have different timings. And I, I, I see what you're saying, uh, David, about these being really difficult things to figure out. But it's yet another way, actually, at, a, at the end of a losing game, a lot of times I don't necessarily come, come away blaming myself or maybe even blaming the team, except that I feel we were making bad calls on the map. And then my interest is actually directed toward the map and trying to better understand the way that map is supposed to flow. Uh, but one of the reasons that is such an interesting part of this game is just we're talking about the ways it, it, it sort of breaks the, the MOBA rules. Each of these maps is incredibly different from, from, from the others. There, there are maps where it doesn't feel like there are real lanes at all. It feels like there's, you're, you're sort of working in a giant jungle. Uh, then there are some very lane heavy maps. And then there's a thing like Haunted Mines, which is like a, a, a duo lane map. Except then there is a deathmatch arena in the in the basement, basically. And these things actually, if if you're someone who sort of gets tired of the ritualistic aspect of MOBAs, I think Heroes of the Storm is a godsend because it lets you enjoy the sort of a lot of the MOBA dynamics, but then it's also constantly changing it up on you as you rotate through the maps. Definitely, I I, I, I this is a, this is going to be a stretch, so go with me. I think that uh, Blizzard is a company that for a long time now has had its design success largely steeped in MMO design. It's been on the forefront. And, and one of the ways that I think it really 
revolutionized MMOs and is able to been able to sort of sustain the the high daily users and the high monthly users and the the users that come back to the expansions is raid design and an encounter design and so each th those that game and that company has thrived on the concept of a game that is sort of like this meta puzzle that there will be a group of players that get together and develop a strat and each player will play a specific role and i really believe that that has um really imp sort of impregnated the the moba genre uh, and and we and sort of the, the the child of that is Heroes of the Storm, and I I think that um, in most mobas they talk about comps, and I think in Heroes of the Storm we're going to be talking about strats. It's going to be about specific characters, like the power list and the meta for each map is going to be different. That's going to be part of uh, in terms of like the esports, uh, you know, map picking maps and map banning that's going to be a big a big part you know this team has a great hollowed ground strat this one has a great blackwater bay strat or booty bay or black booty whatever it is <laughs> pirate 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 stat strat and that we're going to we're going to be able to see um i think some more interesting uh, manipulation and i think that that i think long term for casual for even casuals like non non um professionals but but people who are invested in it like a wow guild i think we're gonna we're gonna start seeing things like that and i think the real thing is going to be if they can sort of facilitate some sort of like good regulation league or some way to make sure that you know we have you know teams of five and teams of five of just people like you know us three and two of our friends are getting match together and that we can we can leave and not blame each other and just blame our strat but i think it's i don't know i think it's a tall a tall order something occurred to me it's just i haven't played enough to know if this feeling is justified but i'm curious to hear what you guys think of it he drew first it's justified <laughs> I, I i i served that one up for you rowan yeah uh there are things I like, such as the way the mercenaries really facilitate split pushing. There's a lot of ways that like the lanes can get pushed. There's the global map effects. There's the mercenary camps and these things that sort of amplify your ability to get things done against uh, the towers and push the lanes, which is cool. I like that. But I end up feeling almost like maybe that stuff, the 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 objectives, the towers, the the state of your your fort, as it were almost doesn't feel like it matters enough. Like, when I compare to, like, League of Legends, for instance, as you begin losing towers, your control of the map begins to slip away from you. And it becomes hard, like, you have to, like, your your movement through the map changes as you begin getting pushed, as lane gets pushed down, or as you begin making progress in the, the other guy's lanes. It almost feels like the maps have sort of a set flow that doesn't really evolve despite whether or not people are knocking down towers and forts. That like basically everything is just sort of a preamble to the end game, the the the, the final push for the uh, for the core. And it doesn't feel like having lanes getting pushed down is something that becomes this 
guiding factor in the way your team has to move and and think about the map. It doesn't feel as dramatic in Heroes as I feel like it should. All right. And and I so so I think you're right and you're wrong. So you are right 100% that it doesn't feel as dramatic as as it as as it should. And that is leading to where you're wrong. And it's one of those subtle things that I think is a more nuanced understanding. So as the lanes push, um, what happens is is your vision starts getting decreased. Um, you, you can see you know, not as far yeah. as the map. And so there's a bunch of stuff like you stop getting vision on camps, you stop getting visions, um, your, your creeps now the... the the point to uh, to which the the two waves meet is now uh, past the the watchtower um, uh, in a in a map like Cursed Hollow. Uh, more of the spawning points for the tribute start appearing where the enemy has vision and you don't. And what that starts is is that a um, uh, a good team can capitalize on that. It allows them. In the in the late game, so let's say level 15, 16, 17, to s- divide themselves, get more soak, get more camps, be in a bunch of more positions safely. A the team that is being pushed, they're they're gonna have to defend, so you're gonna be able to see more of the enemy on the mini-map, which which provides that safety. If if they don't group together or they don't ball up, that starts facilitating pickoffs. Um, and so you may not know because it's, it's, it's not something, it's something that all of a sudden, maybe it's not you, but all of a sudden your, your Zegra player or your Jaina player, like one of these like squishy, squishier people with very little methods of escape, all of a sudden they just start getting destroyed by the two man, uh, you know, uh, stun lock. Uh, Tyranid, or what's her name? Tyranid? Tyr- I can never say her Tyran- name. Right? Tyranda. Tyranda, and Diablo, right? Like, there, there's yeah. this Roman ganking squad. Or all of a sudden, like, your hammer was doing really, really well, and now all of a sudden she just keeps getting destroyed by Zeratul. And, and, that's, and that's because of the push. And it's this sort of, like, indirect thing that's, that I think is a little bit harder to understand. And once you've played, you know, a couple hundred games, you're like, oh, of course this is what's going on. And and it's sort of like most of the map uh, mechanics are basically ways to make it easier to knock down forts. So you win a few of those, you're ahead on the forts, and then you get into like the level 20 end game, and all of a sudden all you have to do is just take a boss and write it to the opposing team's core, and that's been facilitated by all those little knocking down the little uh, little forts here and there that you've happened to do. Um, but yeah, I do think that it is a little subtle um, compared to what it could be. Um, and I also think it's because the towers themselves don't, they're not that deadly. Yeah. Um, a, you can Zerg rush a tower. Um, like, like there's a couple of combinations that really allow you, you can destroy a tower in the first minute. And some of them can do, like, Z- Zagra can solo, if, un, if unharassed, can solo push a lane before, you know, the first time you have to go collect skulls, you know, they're they're down two towers. And there's a couple of things. They don't do a lot of damage. They have limited ammo. You can drain that ammo. There's traits that allow you to do it. There's characters that shoot farther than towers. Like, 
they're actually not that threatening. And so when they're removed, it's not even that big of a relief. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of wish that they were they were more deadly, but I think that um, I think that's pro- that was probably a conscious choice um, in terms of the perception of of making it more casual because it does sort of allow less people dive um, a lot. It allows it allows people to dive a lot, which people love doing. They love almost killing other other players. Yeah, that is. <laughs> like they probably prefer actually killing, but right. Well, okay. we're failing that, that, that thrill of the chase. Will. Yeah, well, that, that's actually an interesting thing. Is that I will give you this: a lot of people don't seem to have internalized the relative value of kills and the way the game works. Like some of the early games I played with with other groups of people, um, I would start laning, and within about a minute and a half, two minutes, people were spamming me. This game isn't about laning. Just get group up, group up. It's, it's all about team fights, and we proceeded to play really really badly um and i'm not entirely sure that was just due to the fact i was a newbie it seemed also like we were probably not being an effective team but it's really interesting that a lot of people think and almost the game felt the first time the first few times i was playing it like it has this almost like smash brothers dynamic Mm -hmm. where it's like oh shit look at all it's all my favorite blizzard characters blasting the hell out of each other this is great and it seems like a lot of people get sort of stuck in that mindset where it's just like, look, just just hunt down those other guys. Just kill Diablo. It's going to be great. And the game doesn't enforce that. Uh, at light, it's still a MOBA. It's still about farming the experience in lane. It's still about, like, you know, taking those uh, those bit-by-bit objectives. But it's, it's sort of shifted the idea into a a more strategic kind of when do you group up and when do you Mm -hmm. disperse and how does that go and i think this goes back to one of the pieces you wrote rob about xcom the thing you wrote about how the original xcom had all these like moments of individual genius which the new one kind of filed away in favor of a sort of generally smoother um time and uh so what you get is this sort of thing where it's like you get into figuring out how the team works and where the team goes and all that instead of trying to worry about all the individual things and there are some maps like i have a friend who's played a lot i ask him so how do people usually deal with um teams who bunch up all the time the death balls and it's like it it depends on your team composition you can just like sit back and um soak up experience and knock out a couple of them when they're like breaking themselves on the walls or you you roll up against them and like sometimes the death volley which like seems like something that shouldn't work like he talked about how there are some maps where it's actually really effective like the the spider queen map which i would which i thought would have been the map where it's not effective at all because it's the most lane oriented because it drops gems in each lane you collect them you turn them in you get spider queens in each lane and you push that way but apparently you get the the death ball bouncing up and down they take all the gems and they stop the other characters from getting the gems and that works so it's it's sort of this interesting consistent um kind of center of gravity that you're constantly being pulled into and pushed out of that uh i don't know it feels more it feels more appealing than a lot of how most other mobas are described to me yeah i think i I think it's definitely a when when people say this game isn't about laning or this game is about objectives 
Um, it's a, I think that this again is it's sort of an unnuanced understanding. What what I, if you were going to say the game is about something? I think the game is about trade offs, and each map, each situation, um, there's a different set of trade offs that you you need to make. And unfortunately, they're not just going to be personal; they're going to be team, and they can be really subtle. So, an example of a trade off would be in Haunted Mines, uh, as I said. Um, uh, the the damage and the strength of a golem taps out at sixty skulls. So when you get sixty one skulls, your 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 golem isn't getting any stronger, but it means that your uh, your enemy can now only get thirty nine. So it's going to be weird. So you're, so you're you're playing this denial game. Um, if you are say you have an illidan player, that illidan player now has to make a decision. Once you have sixty skulls, do I stick around and maybe get twenty more, or do I leave? Therefore. You know, basically giving up the you know that twenty skulls and making their gem or their golem uh, more powerful, but it's going to allow me to take their giant camp, which is in turn going to keep them from getting a giant camp. So that's great, and and all for the cost of well, it probably means while that while their golem uh, comes back up, the Chen over there has to actually defend with the Tassadar as opposed to just the Tassadar. Um, but that's okay, right? So it's about making these, these decisions and these trade-offs. When's the right time to lane? When is the right time to rotate? When is the right time to take the camp? What is the right time to go for the objective? When is it the right time to say, hey, you know what? Um, it's only the second tribute so why don't we just let them have it and we'll take the boss like yeah that's that's a really interesting map because of that there are so many times where it's like we could let this tribute go and sweep out four merc camps yeah or or we could let them get the curse because you know what we have tassadar and vala and zagra and so our like our lane control is like really good and we can like just defend and that lets us get a boss or something like that like like it may not seem like the right thing um we played a game of cursed hollow and i made a really bad call i was like hey let's go we're gonna we'll get the thing and we're gonna we're gonna go down we're gonna get the golems or i guess it was the, the bone golem yeah you, and you wanted the sure thing i wanted the sure thing i i i second guessed myself i was like maybe we should do core our, our one of two of our opponents they ran core and we should have done it we should have just we were losing and we probably could have run the race and when it all came down to it, we should have let them have that hundred skull golem and we should have just focused on the core and we probably would have been okay um we might have won that game we but should have done lost. that yeah right Absolutely. and, and that we was... still could have won the team fight they'd have had to come back to deal with us exactly and Damn so it. that that was a that was a that was a, a, a trade-off and a tactical misplay and if we play again, now I think that falls into our sort of repertoire and we yeah. can call that play on that map in that situation. And unfortunately, because of the team nature, um, the fact that I have that knowledge, if I'm playing with, with just random people, it doesn't matter because I can ping that core but, all day and it's not going to happen. But what this game is actually really good at is it does let you go in with your friends. You don't have to put your yeah. five friends together. Although it actually has really clever ways of doing that too. You can you can create teams with subs if you get a regular group of people to play. But it's also totally cool and it encourages you. Hey, you got a couple buddies? Go play. Go have fun. I'll match you in. Does Hero League work that way as well? Yeah, you can you can bring friends into that. I haven't done that yet, and I feel I would have a much better time if I did. Yeah, you, you probably would. Once you get more than two or th 
when, if you go in with four or five, you're in trouble. Because you're getting, there's not many people that are queuing up with four other people and it tries to match you with that. And so like I've gone in there with four people and we're clearly getting matched against the five-man team that knows exactly what they're doing. And it was just loss after loss after loss after loss. Well, that's, yeah, that's, it's just like when everyone shows up with a clan, the same clan tag and a shooter and you're like, well, here we go. Yeah, especially when it's like, you know, I've played a couple of hundred, we're playing with, you know, uh, a couple of our mutual friends that maybe it's like their third or fourth game. And then we're also playing with someone that only ever plays cooperative mode. Uh, it sort of, it all falls and it falls apart. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that it, it is difficult to act on that knowledge because it does require sort of that knowledge being disseminated among the team and the team being receptive to it and being on the same page. On the other hand, I've been thinking about this in relation to like game like Legacy of the Void. I think what Blizzard's trying to do here, and and I and I think it's I think it's working uh by and large, is that they're trying to make it so that competence is like being able to being able to play well doesn't require a ton of basic fundamental individual work before you can get there right this is a starcraft problem of you can't even play the game competently you can tell the game is letting you know that you don't know what you're doing because the game is like oh you, you know here here are here are two special abilities this this unit has and a spell use them use them wisely and you'll be able to turn these fights around and then it all goes to hell cuz you just you just don't have the mechanical skill to do it and that feels really crappy and i think mentally for me it's a little bit better a little bit easier to to have that externalized and say well the team just didn't play that map well but now I've understood. Now I know what's mm-hmm. going on in that map. That's very different from the game telling me, "Look, dude, you just need to practice with that hero and work on your work on your last hitting," uh, which which is something that I think is is what the rest of the MOBA genre to date largely did. Yeah, I think that's 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 true. I've tried to, you know, I've read a number of like, okay, how do I get into League of Legends? And the answer is always like, pick this character play bot matches until you know you can you can get that 10 cs a minute you know it's like oh great <laughs> yeah exactly um this uh sort of goes back to what i i said about the randomness i just realized there is a pretty big random element here which is when you're doing a quick match and you get your team composition yeah. sometimes oh, it's utterly gosh. ridiculous yeah. yeah so we had one was was that us or it might have been someone else, but I had a match where I was Sonya, who is a kind of light half assassin, half warrior, but they call yeah. him a warrior, and everyone else on my team was an assassin. Yeah, that was us. <laughs> yeah, that was that was ridiculous. Like there was no chance for us, but we knew there wasn't that much of a chance, and we tried to have some fun with it, and I think we did okay. Like it yeah. wasn't a totally embarrassing defeat, but um, yeah. So there there is some of that, and like that sort of goes in with the map this isn't a good team for this map or this just isn't a good team whatsoever and that's okay it happens yeah and i i really want blizzard to sort of embrace that and i think as the my hope is is that as the the hero base expands um we start and and as the player base expands and sort of as it goes longer and they they sort of they figure out how to get more heroes into into the mix we'll see a little bit more interesting um interesting play styles right um 
because you know th that there's that there's room for uh, you know uh, um, uh, some more viable strategies, and some more viable compositions. So that randomness sort of plays a little bit more. Apparently, they they my friend who like reads the forums constantly, he says they put out stats and they're like, no, you don't need a warrior, no, you don't need a healer, you don't need these things. They're helpful, but we have plenty of evidence that shows that you can win with you know two supports and two or two specialists and three assassins. And I'm like, okay, guys, but yeah, my my experience has been it's really hard to win without a healer. You can kind of win without a tank, but um, but the. The important thing is, is I think that that it doesn't feel like the the sort of the 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 spectrum of comps that work really well together and comps that are just uh, you know just absolutely terrible. That that spectrum of sort of like gray area, it doesn't actually feel that big. It sort of almost it, it at least the effect seems to be. It's like this binary of like, oh great, we got a comp that can actually support itself, or oh, we got four warriors and murky, great. But it it's sometimes that seems like a self fulfilling prophecy where it's like, okay, we're losing this match. Let's really look at the team comp here. Oh hey, no wonder we're losing this match. Phew, I don't have to go yell at people, and I can defuse any sort of you know any sort of acrimony in the team by just saying, look at the team composition. This is just not going to work well for us. Yeah. And, and, and maybe I that's suppose, not true, but it's helpful. Yeah. The 20 minute game sort of help with that. Um, I think, I think when they, when they, uh, they stray, they, I think, I think there's some balancing stuff. So if that Sonya, if you had had the option, if the talents had sort of been able to sort of facilitate you going a little bit more, um, tanky sort of in the ways as um that uh dark elf that night elf whose name i can never pronounce it starts with the t uh she can be a little bit more dps she can be a little bit more healy tassadar can be a little bit more dps a little bit more healy um i think when we start getting a little bit uh maybe some more of these uh you know multi-class characters you know we need to get like a a Taran shaman mm -hmm. in there or something yeah. like that um yeah Maybe, maybe uh, Uther's can... a good example there because he seems like he should be more warrior, but he's really kind of pure healer. Yeah, you know, he used to be a little bit more warrior. He's someone that's gone through a couple of different iterations. I feel like if they had a few more, like maybe if they had a, another pure healer, he could have yeah. been a little bit more tanky. Um, I am really excited about, uh, I want to see some hunter or like pet class characters. We got hunters and warlocks. They're in this. They're in world World of Warcraft. I want to be able to, you know, have three or four different creatures that I can bring out and have them run across. So I'm I'm interested in in that. I think there's a lot more interesting stuff that they can do. Um, I'm, I, Some yeah, of the Zerg characters wait. have stuff like that. Um, yes, like they Z do. Zagara right. has the hydralisks that she can spawn, and Kerrigan gets the ultralisk ult. Yeah, I want them part of the the basic the basic character, but you're right. That is true. I do like some of those. So I think um, a lot of things that you know, it's going to be a case of of, of time will tell with mm -hmm. this game. It's it's going to be fascinating to see its evolution, and certainly already, I think it's succeeded in at least some of its mission insofar as. People like me and Rowan, and actually a large number of my friends who never really got into or got out of like games like League of Legends, 
it's drawing a lot of these people in because it has so many rewards up front and it'll be interesting to see if they stay because one of the arguments for high skill ceiling games is that that's ultimately what people stick around for. And if you don't, if the, if you can't keep growing with the game, you end up sort of growing out of the game. And it'll be interesting to see the arc of this thing, whether or not this ends up being more of a, you know, more of a change of pace type of MOBA for people or, 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 or a, a thing that's approachable for people who don't normally play these or whether it ends up actually sort of shaking up uh, a lot of the genre conventions in some really interesting ways for good, uh, the way it sort of promises to right now. Uh, there, there's so many things it's doing that the genre as a whole has not, that I'm really curious to see if this succeeds, how its influence will be felt, you know, in the coming years. I think it's fair to say that you should never, ever, ever bet against Blizzard doing that since they, they're pretty much 100%. Well... I that that you know what that's an entirely different discussion. I'm that's even... entirely different, and I think that's why I like making the claim. Yeah. I, I want to be the I want to be the guy. Like I have never been afraid of being wrong because when you're right, it feels so great. So you know, I don't mind going on record saying I think this is going to be the first Blizzard miss. How did we get there? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I I think. I, I I think you know one of the things about the genre is it's actually going to be really tough to see to gauge what a miss is, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I mean, Heroes of New Earth was sort of written off as a dead game long before its profitability was even close to reaching an end. I don't even know what right. the state of the game is right now, but certainly it seems like its cultural cachet sort of died off even mm-hmm. while the game was really really strong. And so it's an interesting thing where like. You know, like, you don't have to unseat, you don't have to unseat League of Legends, and it can be deceptive comparing games to League of Legends. And I even, if Blizzard is smart, I I hope they're not going in with the, with the, with the mindset we're going to kill the king. Uh, Because I I think this is going to be, it's more, you know, it's, it's, it's a really interesting experiment within the genre. And so I don't know how it would define, define a miss, but if, if, I, I think I might agree that it's probably not going to, I I think I would agree that it's it's probably not going to achieve uh you know law levels of success. It'll be interesting to see where it ranks against games like Dota. I I think it's going to be for me. It's going to be interesting to see how um in the 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 financial reports, like where does it fall? How does Activision talk about it? Are they do they are they going to talk about the new StarCraft expansion? Are they going to talk about how great Call of Duty is when well, we know they're going to talk about that. Are they going to talk about how much money they're making with Skylanders, or are they going to talk about hey, we got this Heroes of the Storm thing and it's going to be our new pillar? It's it's interesting because I, the monetization here is so different from most other games, apparently. Um, because this seems to it, it wants you to pay five to ten dollars for the heroes right right off the bat and. Um, that seems to cause a lot of people a lot of grief. I, I mentioned this on Twitter and got a bunch of people like, yep, this game is like that. Um, well, this is, I mean, this is part of a, that's that's also part of a broader discussion of how people assess value in games uh, and this is, how they assess this the is worth tr- of their money in games. 
This is true, but it does affect the game, as you mentioned, in terms of the variety, in terms of what's available to players right yeah. off the bat. Um, and in terms of like any free-to-play game, there's sort of a meta game of how can I game this game? Yep. You know, and Heroes of the Storm, I don't think that's a terribly interesting meta game. It's like you want to play it, you buy the the subscription stim pack, ten dollars a month, and then you just try to get as much gold as you can and get those characters. Or you just hope that eventually you'll get something you want. Um I don't it's it's not really it doesn't seem to really be set up in a way that makes that sort of game an interesting aspect of it and i don't know if that's a problem maybe that's great yeah it's that's that's something that can be adjusted on the fly and i suspect we will start seeing them giving slightly better options in terms of ways you can sort of access you know things in this game right now it seems very feast or famine um I, I'm curious to see how how they evolve this strategy over time, especially because yeah, it, it does affect how people how the game ends up playing online. Uh, but yeah, so that that does it for our discussion of Heroes of the Storm, and I will probably revisit it after the game has has matured a little more and perhaps discuss revisit some of our assessments of the game here, uh, because I, I I suspect the game is going to evolve a lot once it's out there. And with like some of the things we will say will either be confirmed, uh, rather dreadful, like you know, some some of our more dire predictions may be confirmed, or we might have some really pleasant surprises. I'm I'm curious to see how this one shapes up. I love eating crow. Oh man, I hope I get to serve it to you. <laughs> uh, we should probably also mention that the game is being officially released on June second. They just announced so. Yeah. Uh, so everyone, everyone will have a chance to play uh, come June, and everyone will have a chance to, everyone will have a chance to shell out ten bucks for ten bucks for a hero, and uh, get get raged at for for not being a good enough healer like like I often do. Um, go to hell, Nova. You're the one who sucks, not me. <laughs> All right, that does it. Uh, this has been three with Zed. Good night, everybody. Good night.